Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, December 3rd, 2017, on the basis of Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 9. There are all kinds of situations in life in which it is very important to have realistic expectations. For example, when you open those Christmas presents a couple of weeks from now, whether you are delighted by them or disappointed with them is going to be determined in large part by your expectations. So for example, when you open up that very nice homemade, handcrafted, whatever it is, with the crooked lines and the glue oozing out all over the place, you are going to absolutely love it because That gift came from a child. It came from your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew. On the other hand, when you open up that gift from your husband, the man you love most, the man to whom you've committed your life, the man whose children you have born and raised, the man with whom you plan to grow old, and you find out he has gotten you a nice new set of Tupperware, you might be a little bit disappointed with that gift. It is important to have realistic expectations. And I think in most situations, by that we mean lower expectations. And yet that is not always the case. For example, each and every day, each and every year, all the time, people get disappointed with God, so much so that they maybe even decide once and for all that they're just done with this whole church thing, this whole religious thing, or maybe that they'll go to church, but just a couple times a year, or maybe it's something that they'll do just for the kids, or maybe it's something they'll do just when it's convenient, when it works around the rest of their schedule. In fact, today, this Sunday, is kind of an opportunity for all of us to think that through a little bit, because today is the very first Sunday of a brand new church year. It's sort of like the first practice of a new sports season. It's sort of like that open enrollment window for your health insurance plan when you really have an opportunity to sit back and reflect, am I in for another year? Am I going to recommit? Is it really worth all the effort? Am I happy with what I'm getting out of it? Well, in order for you to be able to answer that question this morning, you need realistic expectations. And yet that doesn't mean lowering your expectations. It actually means raising them. In fact, it means having impossible expectations, God-sized expectations. And as we're going to see this morning, it is not always easy for God's people to have God-sized expectations. In fact, we're going to see that it took the better part of a thousand years for God to teach his people what to ask for, what to expect from him. A thousand years. I've got 15 minutes. (laughs) Thankfully, what we have in front of us proves that it works. We've got the culmination of that thousand years, the prayer that God's people offered once they had learned what they really could expect, really could ask for from their God, and hopefully it does the very same thing for us. God willing, through this prayer, we will learn what we can expect from our God In other words, we will learn to perfect the art of asking. So what should God's people ask for from their God? 
Well, after God had rescued his people from slavery in Egypt and given them a permanent home in the promised land, what happened over the years, slowly but surely, they became more and more focused, more and more preoccupied on the comfort and the safety and the security of that home. And right along with it, they became convinced that everything that they needed in order for that home to be safe and secure and comfortable, they could do. So the things that were most important to them were things like having nice, fancy houses, having good crops and large flocks, having safe and secure borders. And they figured that as long as they worked hard enough, as long as they had the right king sitting on the throne, as long as they had the correct political alliances with the nations around them, everything would be fine. Of course, they needed a little bit of help from God every now and then. For example, they would need God to send the rain so that the crops would grow. But other than that, everything would be good. And so those are the kinds of things they expected from God. Those are the kinds of things that they asked for from God. But eventually, after about a thousand years had passed, that safe and secure home had evaporated. God's people had been invaded and carried off into exile by the nation of Babylon. And that sort of woke them up, sort of taught them to realize that there were more important things going on in the world. It taught them to realize that the name of God, the name of their God, the name of the true God had been dishonored in the world. Nations who worshipped other gods had conquered them. And as a result, they were boasting about the strength of their gods. They were ridiculing the God of Israel, who apparently was strong enough to give those people a home, but not strong enough to keep them in that home. The people realized that was a little bit more important than whether or not the barley harvest was good that year. They also realized that when it came to making God's name known, they didn't just need a hand from God. They needed God to do everything. They needed God to come down from heaven as he had done before and make his name known so that the enemies, so that all who stood opposed to the name of God would tremble and quake in fear. And so through the prophet Isaiah, this is the prayer that God's people offered. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. That's what God's people had learned to ask for. What do you think we can learn from them? Well, just like the people of Israel, it is very easy for us to become preoccupied with the comfort, the safety, the security of our earthly home, and right along with them to think that everything is neat that is needed for those things we ourselves can do. Sure, we need a little bit of help from God. We need him to lend us a hand. And so maybe we pray for things. We ask for things like getting into the college of our choice, getting the job that we want, getting the right people elected into office so that we can have the right health insurance plan and the right tax code and so that everything can go well. Certainly nothing wrong with being concerned about those things and asking God for those things. And yet if that's all we expect out of our God... I can almost guarantee that at some point we're going to be disappointed because those things that we ask for from God, that hand that we ask him to lend to us, he doesn't always give. Instead, our number one choice for college turns us down. 
and our career comes to a dead end. And suddenly everything in the house and in the car and in our bodies seems to break down at exactly the same time. We need to have realistic expectations for our God. But that doesn't mean lowering them. That means raising them. It means realizing that right now there is an epic cosmic battle going on between God and Satan and what they are fighting over is you. They are fighting over you. They are fighting over your spouse. They are fighting over your children and whoever wins gets to keep them for eternity. Call me crazy, but that might be a little bit more important than whether or not Johnny makes the basketball team or Susie makes the honor roll or whether the Packers make the playoffs this year. God and Satan are playing for keeps. And in this life and death, heaven and hell struggle that is going on, you and I need far more than for God to simply lend us a hand. We need God to do it all. We need God to come down from heaven and defeat our enemies for us. We need God to come down from heaven and trample our enemies underfoot. That's what we need to expect from our God. That's what we need to learn to ask for from our God. But you know, as soon as we do, we realize, or at least should realize, that that presents a little bit of a problem. That too was a lesson that it took the people of Israel a long, long time to learn. You see, eventually over the years, one of the other things that happened that happened was that they started to assume that the reason God had made them his chosen people was because they were such good people. Sure, they weren't perfect. Sure, they had their sins. But thankfully, they had a very loving, kind, and merciful God. And, and he would certainly look past those minor foibles that they had. And in the meantime, they knew that they could stay on God's right side because they had the right religion. They could just continue to go through all the right religious motions, offer the right sacrifices, observe the right festivals. Everything would be great. The exile in Babylon taught them to think a little bit differently about that too. Taught them to realize that the problem of their sin was much bigger than what they thought. They knew that it was their sins that had brought this judgment of God upon them. Which made the thought of God coming down, trampling all of his enemies underfoot, sort of a scary thought. It made them realize that they needed forgiveness for not only their sins, they also needed forgiveness for all of their failed attempts at righteousness. You heard Isaiah say, all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Not just that our sins make us unclean, but our attempts at righteousness make us unclean. And so that exile in Babylon also taught God's people to pray through the prophet Isaiah. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are your people. What do you think we can learn from them? Well, again, it is very easy for us to think that if God were to come down and just trample all of his enemies underfoot, we would be just fine. Sure, we're not perfect people, but that's why we're at church, right? This is where God helps us realize those, those little problem areas that we all have. And sure, he'll forgive us for those sins, 
but he also helps us work on those things. He helps us improve in those areas. Come to church a couple of times, and before you'll know it, you'll be the model husband or wife. Bring the children to Sunday school a few times, and before you know it, they'll be perfect little angels. And in the meantime, we can stay on God's right side because we're exactly where God wants us to be, doing exactly the things God wants us to do. Again, it's not bad to think about the ways that sin has advanced in our lives and to work on improving. But if that's all we expect out of our God, I can guarantee that at some point we'll be disappointed. Because no matter how many times you come to church on Sunday, I can guarantee that you will go home and Monday through Saturday you will sin. No matter how many times you bring the children to Sunday school, I can guarantee that they're not going to magically transform into perfect little angels. You and I do not need self-improvement plans. You and I do not need motivational pep talks. We need to have realistic expectations for our God. And again, that doesn't mean lowering them. That means raising them. It means realizing that you and I need forgiveness, not just for our sins. We also need forgiveness for our failed attempts at righteousness. What you and I really need from God is impossible when you think about it. That on the one hand, God could come down from heaven and trample all of his enemies, everyone who stands opposed to him underfoot, and yet somehow he would do so in such a way that we wouldn't be trampled in the process. That's what you and I need from God. That's what we should expect from him. That's what we should ask for from him. So it kind of leaves us with the question, what's going to be God's answer? In Isaiah's day, there was no answer. It was just this prayer and the promise that there would be an answer. But thankfully, as we sit here today, we do so from the perspective of having seen how God answers that prayer. We've seen how God first answered that prayer at Christmas. How at Christmas, the heavens were rent open and God's own son came down to this earth to wage war against all of our enemies and defeat them for us, but to do so in a way in which we would be safe and we would be spared. He came in weakness. He came in lowliness. He came humble and small. He came as a baby. We heard earlier how God answered that prayer on Palm Sunday. How on Palm Sunday, the Lord of the universe and the king of the mighty angel hosts of heaven rode into the heart of enemy territory to wage war against our enemies, but did so in a way in which we would not be the casualties of that war. He rode in on a donkey. He rode in surrender. He rode to die. Friends, you and I have seen how God has answered this prayer. And the really great news is that God still answers this prayer each and every week right here in this place. Why should you re-enroll for another year, so to speak? Why is coming here worth the effort? What are you going to be getting out of it? Well, if you're looking for the most entertaining, inspiring, uplifting 60 minutes of your week, I'm guessing you'll be disappointed. If you're looking for a self-improvement plan, a motivational pep talk, the recipe for staying on God's right side, or the secret to unlocking health, wealth, and happiness, I'm guessing at some point you won't come back. So don't expect those things from God. Instead, expect much, much more. Expect 
the Lord of the universe and the king of angel armies to open up heaven and come down, to trample his enemies underfoot, to push back the advances that Satan has made in our hearts and our lives during the past week, but to do so in a way in which we don't get trampled in the process, as he did at Christmas, as he did on Palm Sunday, hidden in the ordinary, the weak, the lowly, hidden in word, hidden in water, buried beneath bread and wine. Expect him to show up exactly as we need him to show up. Friends, get used to asking God to do impossible things because God has demonstrated that impossible is what he does best. Learn to perfect the art of asking because God has shown that he has perfected the art of answering. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.